0: Welcome to Working Matters. Before we start today's podcast, Claudia and I would like to take this opportunity to thank you for participating in the Working Matters community. Many of you are listening via iTunes subscription or on your feed reader, and we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet. This week, we're making a special request that you stop by the website and leave a comment on the blog. We'd love to know who you are and where you're from and have the opportunity to greet you in person. As always, you can find us at boldenterprises.com. With that, Let's jump right into this
1: week's podcast. Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rimple, And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Carl, today we're concluding our series on faking authenticity with a hot topic. I feel it's a hot topic on how we fake authenticity when we want others to act or do something.
0: This is so hard for people because... you're trying to get people to respond the way you want them to, and oh man, yeah, this is this is going to be a tough one.
1: Well, and I, I can imagine our scenario this week and what we're talking about is how we try to get people in our companies or our workplaces motivated or get them to work harder. Maybe it's someone not pulling their weight and you want them to start behaving better and i yeah. really doing work. I have to say this is probably the areas where people feel manipulated and techniqued the oh, most. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: You know why that is? No. Because they are being manipulated
1: and techniqued. <laughs> so it's the truth. It's the truth.
0: <laughs> these supervisors are just so focused on getting the outcome that they want out of these people that they don't even see the people at all. And when they go to coaches or consultants or to the leadership literature that's out there, they're looking for what works. And they just take that and just like a sticker in a child's coloring book, they want to paste it on and get this exact same results. The people know. They intuitively know if they are being manipulated. There is no closet in this world. You're out. It's known. And the trust is gone. The credibility has gone. The chatter, the talking amongst themselves behind your back is all about what do you think is really going on? What are they doing? You think that um, there's trouble? Do you think, you know, there's gonna be downsizing? I promise you all their conversation is trying to make up what's really going on and speculating.
1: The vision in my mind is some kind of smarmy supervisor who's trying to, you know, get results. But really, let's put ourselves kind of behind that mask of trying to motivate people. I mean it's it's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to motivate people, particularly in the workplace because most people don't want to be at work. Exactly. For a variety of reasons.
0: Many of them, which are you, the supervisor. Yes.
1: And how do you, though, communicate to people in this scenario of of wanting to motivate them to do their work or to act in a certain way and really be authentic?
0: Well, here's where it is a lot of work. All you who are supervisors and listening have a lot of work to do because the main problem here is you're thinking about yourself. How do I get them? to work harder, to make whatever change happen. Well, the subject's not you in this thing. The subject's them. Uh, they're not performing or they are performing, and you need to um, shift some things around, shift deadlines because of a client request, and there's got to be a lot of um, adjusting going on, and you want you know almost them to promise good attitude and all that adjusting. And so the work is, is getting to know these people that you're with who you want to get results from, knowing what makes them tick, why they're there, what works for them. Or, and it will be different for everyone. It will be different with each person, and that's a lot of work. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us when we want others to respond a certain way. But it's worth the effort because the real you then has a chance to engage with the real them and talk about the real subject, and that's a lot easier than... Making it all up and trying to anticipate in advance what's going to happen. So, for example, you know, some people, if you have a lot of adjusting that needs to go on and you're going to shift all the resources around because of a, a dead, one deadline was moved up and another client got added to the list. And so there's some new workload. For one person, they need structure and they need to have it organized. And you tell them what to do and when to do. And it's all laid out and they can jump in and engage and adjust. For another person, that might be taking all the fun out of it for them. They might be more interested in being a part of designing what needs to how we need to go about this differently, deal with this additional workload and this shifted deadline. But it's perfectly possible to get both of them fully on board if you take into account who they are, not freak the one out with this massive change and having it just laying it on them and leaving it to them how to work it out or the other one robbing them of the role that they would truly engage in. So there's an example of how people are different, but how you could win them both over if you address them for who they really are.
1: Well, this is a little bit off topic, and I think where we fall into trouble is just as we see being in charge of people, we don't really see that as a responsibility for those people. We sort of see it as a kind of a burden to getting work done. So babysitting or the way that we view The task of of getting others, you You know, I think (laughs) I don't think we see it as a kind of responsibility to cultivate people's talents and abilities in the workplace to make them better workers.
0: Oh, it's huge. You know what I think most of us want to do it all ourselves. And yet, you know, we're along in our careers and we've got a scale of responsibilities where you can't do it all yourself. So you have departments and teams and staffs and things split up you got all these diverse people. You don't really want them there. You'd really just prefer to do it yourself. And if you have to do others, prefer that they be clones of you.
1: There yeah. are companies who really model the way that they treat their employees differently that are successful. Oh, yeah.
0: That's known. There's evidence in research now that it's these companies that are gearing the work around their employees, these teams come in and they work hard. You know, they really go for it. But it's hard to trust. So, you know, as we hear that and we don't are naturally
1: um, trusting of other people's
0: loyalty to the goals that that you have, you know, it's hard to to go there.
1: Well, I think also, I mean, taking again kind of the supervisor stance, we often get people in the workplace that it is hard to motivate them. They're really not interested and they're in the wrong place. And Mm -hmm. I think that can lead us to sort of put on personalities that aren't Mm. deal
0: with. Yeah. And you can't attend to all those different possibilities because all your attention is on this costume you've put on and making sure that the front is always up and always going and always together. And so all these things get overlooked. That's why we've been repeating over and over again just the power and getting comfortable in your own skin because then you are free. You're basically freed yourself up to be with whoever you're with. And you don't have to anticipate any of their words because they're going to say their words themselves. Um, we get stuck on wanting pre-deciding a certain outcome, you know, like no resistance or no complaining or work extra hard. And then we have this whole conversation ahead of time and binds us to that outcome. So then we have to force it. And that's where we start sneaking in these other things, manipulation or Keep it a secret as long as possible because if people hear, they'll be upset or let's call it some positive name and maybe nobody will notice that it's a negative change. People notice. Oh God. Yes. And you're practically pointing it out to them by coming up with the dorky positive name for the initiative because it's like, well, why couldn't you just tell us what the initiative was? Again, it's a credibility, you know, destroyer, take shortcuts and manipulate and, try and force a certain response out of people.
1: We assume that our readers are people who want to make them, or, I'm sorry, not our readers, but our listeners are people who want to make the best of their working situations. Mm-hmm. So if you really your intent is just to chew them up and spit them out as workers and just do what you can, then this isn't the show for you. This isn't the podcast. For right? I mean, that, that's not our audience. We really right. want to, Reach, people are interested in making better working places and better working cultures.
0: That's a great point. So, yeah, if, if you don't care about turnover, you don't care about the cost of training, um, you want to milk every human person for as much as is possible until they're wiped out and gone. That's a different business model, and we just aren't interested in it. We aren't interested in it because we think it only works in the short term and utterly will undermine everything you're doing in the long term. And we're not interested in it because we believe passionately that work should be meaningful and rewarding and something that people want to dive into and get paid appropriately for. And that does work in the long term. That does work in the long term. People are invested and belong and can contribute and can grow and develop. It's a good business model. It's a great business model. And they are committed and they stay longer and the knowledge stays in the firm. Well, you know, I know we're preaching to the choir when we talk to each other, but that's what we're trying to empower people to do, even in this thing of looking at authenticity and being the real you, that these partnerships, these relationships where you're working through complex issues, you want to stay engaged and, and stay in conversation and, and come up with results.
1: And the bottom line is if you want to motivate people, you have to get to know those people. Exactly.
0: Because they are the ones that need to show up. They are the ones that need to solve the problem. They are the ones whose energy and time and work you need. So it's got to come from them. You can't force it. They don't give it not going to happen.
1: Well, and I'm reminded, I think we've talked a little bit about just an example of a seminar we were giving and one of the women, when it, we talked about motivating, people said, no, that's a lie. People are not motivated to do anything. <laughs> she pre-decided. Yes. And I that's exactly what we've been talking about today is pre-deciding outcomes. Yeah. Gets you into trouble and leads you to fake authenticity. Well, I hope you all come by our website and chat with
0: us on the blog because this is where we need your ideas. We need to know what you've tried. We need some funny stories of leaders who have totally botched it and by faking who they are. And let's have some fun with this, as, even as we learn how to get comfortable in our own skins.
1: Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with a new topic and a new series. So we'll see you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.